It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. Always a privilege and pleasure to speak to you every uh, Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. And it's quite an honor to follow the great Larry Kudlow. Hope you enjoyed his show. Uh, hope you're all, you all stayed dry yesterday. And uh, I hope that uh, everyone survived the flooding from the big storm that he hit the East Coast. So uh, the good news is tomorrow uh, for folks uh, in the New York area is going to be an absolute gorgeous Sunday. So let us talk. Uh, I've got a lot I want to cover this afternoon, but the first thing I want to talk about is a little bit is but what is happening with the prices of goods and services in this country. Joe Biden has said that the worst of inflation is behind us, and he may be right about that this time last year. We were facing 9.2% inflation, which was the highest inflation rate in 40 years. Uh, the inflation rate has come down. We're uh, somewhere nor- near 4 to 5% right now officially. Actually, I think the official rate is closer to 3.6%. But I've got to tell you, as a consumer uh, and uh, as a husband to a wife who does a lot of the shopping, I mean, every time she comes uh, back from the store, she is complaining to me about how much things cost. And so the other day I went with her to the grocery store and could not believe, you know, $8 for Rice Krispies and, you know, um, $9 for some, uh, for some ground beef. And, you know, ground beef now costs what steak used to cost. Uh, the cost of eggs, the cost of everything at the grocery store seems not, 30, you know, not uh, 20% higher, but, 50% higher than when Trump was president. Now, let's not forget when Trump was president, the inflation rate averaged 2% over four years. And when he left office, it was 1.5%. So you've seen a huge, huge increase in prices. And as I've said many times on this show, that did not happen by accident. It happened because Biden came in and spent so much money in the trillions of dollars because they could not afford to waste this crisis of COVID to use the money to spend on social programs and green energy programs and special gifts uh, and giveaways to their donors. I've mentioned many times on the show that there is a $380 billion green energy slush fund. Uh, Look, we're running a $33 trillion national debt, and we have $380 billion that we've given to political hacks in the White House, John Podesta and others, to pass out to left-wing environmental groups and companies that can't succeed in the in the free market uh, and other kind of left-wing interest groups to peddle climate change. And this needs to stop. We cannot afford this kind of spending or this story will end very badly. Uh, I've been a Johnny OneNote on this since as long as I've been doing this show on WABC, but this is not uh, a fire alarm. I mean, it's not a it's not a practice fire alarm. This is a real fire that we're facing, and people have to wake up to it. And so, if you look, for example, at the gas price today, 
uh, where I live, I just uh, filled up four dollars and thirty nine cents a gallon. It was about two forty nine a gallon when Trump left office in my area. I live in uh, the Washington D.C. area. Uh, California, how about California? You know, as bad as things are in New York, California, six dollars and fifty cents a gallon at many service stations in the state. Six fifty a gallon. Uh, I was curious to watch. Uh, after that miserable Republican debate this week, I was stayed up late and uh, watched Fox News and saw uh, Sean Hannity interviewing Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is the Democratic governor of California, as most of you know. And I believe that he there's a reasonable chance that he will be the Democratic nominee for president. I do not believe that Joe Biden will be the nominee. I don't think he could possibly get through a campaign. And even the idea of him governing for four more years is uh, a very, very dangerous situation for our country, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, He is simply not in a mental uh, order to be able to govern our country for four years, even putting aside his radical left-wing agenda. And by the way, Joe Biden, I've known Joe Biden for 30 years. Uh, he spent a lot of time in the United States Senate. Um, I never really liked him very much, but you know, he was kind of a middle-of-the-road Democrat when he was in the Senate. And remember, he promised he would unite the country and he would govern from the middle. And he's come in and obviously done exactly the opposite. In fact, you could make the case that I have many times that Joe Biden is the most financially reckless president in the history of this country. I mean, he's spent more money in his first two and a half years in office than the United States uh, spent in the entire five and a half years of the World War II. Uh, and that's adjusted for inflation. So where has all that money gone? By the way, just as an aside, uh, you know, I'm a Netflix guy and Netflix has brought back this incredible uh, TV drama uh, called Band of Brothers. And I think this came out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago originally. And I missed it the first time around, but always, everybody told me, you got to see Band of Brothers. It's amazing. And so I've been watching it. I don't know if any of you have been watching it because they, as I said, they brought it back on Netflix and I've seen, I think, the first, um, only the first full episode. It's it's something that every American should see because it shows the bravery and courage and patriotism of the men, uh, mostly the men, but the men and women who fought World War II. And um, it's just startling. And I, I, you know, I watched it, that episode last night, because it's about the preparations for D-Day, the paratroopers, the men who stormed the beaches at Normandy. And what they went through in terms of the training for that, and they were told the night before uh, they were to uh, to uh, you know to invade Normandy that uh, you know one out of three of them was going to die, was going to die. One of the between you know the person next to you on each side and yourself, one of the three of you was going to die in this invasion. And how many Americans would have that kind of courage today? Seriously, how many Americans today have that patriotism, especially the young people? who, one thing that struck me about watching this, I know this is a little off topic, folks, but you can tell I get a little choked up about this because it's amazing, the greatness of that generation and what they went through. And my father was a World War II veteran. He was in the Pacific, not the Atlantic uh, affair. Um, But they they did their job. 
And actually the testimonials from some of the World War II veterans, because um, they made this, as I said, 15 or so years ago. So a lot of them were still alive. And they just said, this was my honor and duty to fight for our country. Um, I don't see that in this generation. You know, what's missing is patriotism, love of country, especially young people. Why is that happening? Because our schools are not teaching our kids about the greatness of our country. It's it's really um, really very troubling to me that so many kids uh, are graduating from high school and college thinking we're like a racist country and we're a problem. We're responsible for all the problems in the world when we've been the savior for the world. So uh, anyway, back to inflation. Uh, we have this high inflation right now, uh, and it is caused by a reckless spender. Now that brings me to the other thing I wanted to mention, which is, and I, this is what I want to ask you all about, uh, because I will take uh, your questions. I love taking uh, questions and comments from our listeners uh, on the More Money Hotline, uh, but um, that will come later in the show. Uh, that number, by the way, for the More Money Hotline, who want to join up later in the show, 1-800-848-9222. But the question of the day is, do you believe that we should have a shutdown or do you believe we should just let, you know, business remain as usual? I'm not a fan of, of shutdowns. Uh, there have been 22, I just looked up these numbers. There have been 22 government shutdowns since uh, Ronald Reagan was in office. It might, it might have gone back to Jimmy Carter. Uh, I think it's from, from the time Jimmy Carter was in office until now, there have been 22 government shutdowns. Uh, and, uh, they weren't the end of the world. These are non-essential services and, you know, they cause some hardship for people. I'm not saying that it's not, that it's ideal. I'm not in favor of a government shutdown, but, uh, the world did not come to an end. Most Americans got on with their lives. In fact, most Americans didn't even know partially the government was shut down because the government isn't really that important to us right now. It's more of a burden than it is a benefit in many areas. But, um, what I find striking is that the media is just hyperventilating over the idea that we could possibly have a shutdown. Uh, and, oh, my gosh, the Department of Education won't be open. The, uh, you know, the foreign aid money won't go out. Uh, we won't be able to have the Department of, uh, you know, um, the Interior Department, uh, these other departments. I, I, I don't think they're very necessary. Would anybody... Uh, really care if the Federal Trade Commission had to slow shut down for a few weeks? Now, what are the stakes here? That's the question you have to ask. And to me, the stakes are, will we remain on an automatic pilot? Will we let this train go right over the cliff? Or are we going to do something about it? And to whistle Dixie and just pretend that things are just fine in this country is wrong. It's wrong, folks. And it is it is uh, a devious plot, I think, by the left and a sinister plot to continue to grow this government at a, a pace that will lead to massive increases in taxes over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Or at some point, we'll just have to disrupt all services, even the vital services of our country, our national defense and our roads and bridges, because we've run out of money. Uh, so... Those are the stakes, and I don't want to shut down. I'm, you can tell I'm very torn by this because on the one hand, I don't think a shutdown is a great way to deal with this, but I guarantee you if we continue on the path we're on, we're in big trouble as a nation. Now, the one other thing about these 22 shutdowns that I mentioned 
and I've lived through most of these, is that in every single case, that, you know, whether it was a Republican president and a Democratic Congress or a Democratic president and a Republican Congress or any which way it goes, every single one of these 22 government shutdowns was blamed by which party on which party? The Republicans, because the media hates the Republicans, and so the Republicans always get blamed. So I don't know if the Republicans want to go down that path again, since it has not been very successful. Although I will say, when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House, and you may recall, for those who are old enough to remember 1995 and 1996, we had an extended shutdown of the government. And it was painful. It went on for many, many, many days. I think there were multiple shutdowns of the government. But they finally got Bill Clinton, who was a pretty fiscally conservative president, a Democrat. Gingrich and uh, and Bill Clinton sat down and they ironed out a seven-year deal to balance the budget. It cut spending. It had pro-growth measures. It took the deficit seriously. That's something Bill Clinton, a Democrat, cared about. I don't think the Democrats even care about the deficit today. And that story had a happy ending. And within three days, I mean, I'm sorry, three, three years, we had a balanced budget. The only three balanced budgets in the last 50 years happened when Newt Gingrich was the speaker and we had a Democratic president and they reached a deal because they took our nation's finances seriously. I don't think this president does. And frankly, I don't think the Democrats in Congress do. And frankly, I don't think even a lot of the Republicans in Congress do, but some do. Some do. And you should take it seriously because this is as serious as a heart attack. And I'm not trying to be a downer on this Saturday afternoon. I'm just saying we could fix this through more economic growth or more jobs, more profitable businesses, getting the government out of the way. And yes, cutting, taking a chainsaw to this budget and getting rid of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars of waste in this budget. So if you want to weigh in on this, because I want to hear people's ideas, it looks like they may have a temporary solution to this budget crisis, because remember, the new fiscal year begins on October 1st, which I believe is it's next few days. I think it's Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I think we are going to see this fight go on till Christmas. They're going to face, I think, pass a number of short-term budget resolutions, but not anything that gets things this thing resolved. So I want Americans to pay attention to this. I want you to weigh in uh, and uh, and tell, uh, tell your politicians, your elected officials, that you're sick and tired of this behavior. We've got a $33 trillion deficit that is, I mean, national debt that is now headed to 50 to 60 trillion. Uh, that is a path to economic suicide. I'm Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. We'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Listen to Talk Radio 77 WABC on your Echo device. Tell Alexa to play 77 WABC. 77 WABC. Hey, it's Ryan Payne, Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Every week, talking about the markets, the economy, and Bob. This was a very interesting week on the Street of Dreams. We've got the Fed talking hawkish. We've seen interest rates go up a lot. A lot of fear around inflation and higher interest rates. 
How you feeling? I feel pretty good, Rye. You know, you have um, you know a market that's been pretty much straight up since almost a year ago. Um, we've had a, a gigantic five percent correction, which is historically normal. <laughs> um, right. So you know, it, it's an opportunity for those who are out there who have been waiting to get invested. You know, give them an opportunity. Right? Trees don't grow to the sky. You got to buy the dips to make money in the rips. Yeah, I, mean, I think the bigger question, though, is, okay, we heard about this drumbeat of recession for a year. It didn't happen. Um, and a lot of the experts are saying, well, wait a second, it's coming next year instead. Um, and I think the big fear here is things do slow down a lot, right? Because you have mortgage rates now above 7%. Uh, you're seeing, uh, on top of that, we're starting to see the economy potentially slow in other areas. Um, so I think the big fear here is inflation is really stubborn. The Fed doesn't lower interest rates and it pushes us into a recession right now. Well, you know, the Federal Reserve talks about it all the time, right? We call it the FOMC, the Federal Open Mouth Committee. Um, <laughs> they're constantly telling us, you know, how bad things were. Well, last year when they made their projections, they said it would be in a recession. Now they're saying next year the economy is going to be stronger than they thought it was going to be. Inflation is going to be moderating uh, more than they thought it would be. And they're just going to keep rates higher for longer. But of course, it's all data dependent. So if inflation continues to moderate, well, they won't be, you know, uh, continue to raise rates or they'll start to bring them down. So I think the big disappointment this week was when they, they had been talking about dropping it four times next year, you know, or 100 basis points. They're not only talking about a half of 1%. <laughs> but again, you can't go by what the Fed says. And the market doesn't care, right? The Fed doesn't have these levers and dials they can they can push and change the economy. The economy is the economy, Rye, and that's what the stock market's based on. Yeah, and I mean, and overall, to your point, we've only had about a five percent sell-off in the market, which is light considering the fact that we had such a big run-up since last year. Right, the last twelve months, we've had a phenomenal run in the stock market, and I think that's what the market's telling you right now. Right, is like we've had a slew of bad news uh, with regards to interest rates, inflation, oil prices going up. What I'm wondering is why didn't the market sell off more? <laughs> so I think the fact that the correction has been so light is telling you that things aren't as bad as we're hearing. And especially when you look at the labor market, it's still relatively tight, right? People have jobs, wages are going up. Um, and inflation, even though it's been stubborn, it still is coming down. And that's really that Goldilocks scenario that we've been hearing about. You have moderating inflation, you have strong wages. This all still bodes well for the economy next year, even with oil prices elevated at the moment. Yeah, let's talk about oil prices, right? I mean, that's a huge tax on the global economy and it's been going up a lot faster, a lot higher than anyone's predicted. Of course, you know, the experts are now saying, oh, it's going to $100 a barrel. You know, the same ones that said it was going to 60 just a couple of months ago. Um, but, you know, that, that impacts everybody. You know, we're starting to feel it at the, at the gas tank, you know, at the gas station. We're starting to feel it with the chill in the air coming on. You're going to start using you know, your heaters at home. So, you know, that, that is a headwind, but I think that's temporary as well. And there's other components of, you know, of inflation that are starting to receive, especially rent inflation, not just, well, not so much here in the, in the city, but everywhere else in the country. No, that's right. And that's a big component to the inflation number that we see every month. And that's a lag, meaning it, it comes, the numbers come out a little bit Later, we'll say they lag what the actual real rental uh, rentals are around the country. We know they're coming down. So that's a good point. The other point about oil, too, is, you know, everyone thinks it's a foregone conclusion. Oil's going higher. 
But, you know, I always said the short-term price in oil is like my favorite ride at Great Adventure. It's all over the place. <laughs> it's extremely volatile. So, you know, there's maybe in two months, you know, oil comes down a little bit, right? That's, that's a very high possibility. So we don't really know where oil prices are going to be. Uh, but I think, you know, the overall, to your point, if you have moderation in other parts of the economy when it comes to the inflation number. And Bob, you know, we don't say this much, but it is an election year next year. And I do think that Jay Powell wants to keep his job no matter who comes into office. <laughs> you know, he, he might be inclined to ease financial conditions a little bit next year. Call me a cynic, but it is kind of a political role, if we had to be honest about it. You know, Ryan, I hate to be on the media and not go along with what the media is telling everybody. Uh, everything's always horrible. Everything's really terrible. You know, we're in a bear market. Well, the fact of the matter is we're in a big booming bull market. This bull market started almost a year ago. And these pullbacks, these drops in the market are opportunities to get invested because one of the things that I know, when that price of oil starts to drop, that price of oil per barrel gets down around $70 a barrel, you're going to see a huge rally in the stock and bond market. And you know what? It doesn't do you any good if you're not invested before it happens, right? You don't make any money after the fact. Right. There's a great rebalancing coming at some point because there is a lot of money sitting in cash. And you know the conventional wisdom right now is, well, I'm getting my 5% sitting in a money market fund. I'm getting 5% buying a one-year treasury. Well, your biggest risk there, we talk about this all the time, is that reinvestment risk. Because we just talked about it. There's a good chance the Fed could start cutting interest rates next year. That means that 5% you're getting could be 4% or 3%. Meanwhile, we know earnings are going up, not only next year, but the following year, right? So earnings are going up. Stocks outside of the Magnificent Seven, outside of those big tech stocks, trade at a reasonable multiple right now. So it's most likely a good buying opportunity. And you could be locking into a longer-term bond portfolio right now. Yet most investors are sitting in, with money in cash, paralysis by analysis, and they're probably going to miss a lot of opportunity because that 5% is not going to last forever. Hey, don't get me wrong, right? 5% for cash is a phenomenal yield based on where we've been for the last 20 years. But as an investment, you know, for a long-term investment, most of you need equity-like returns in order to achieve your goals. What's that mean? It means you can go out and buy blue-chip stocks right now, yielding 3% in dividends. You're guaranteed to get 3% in dividend, all right? So it's not as good as 5 but that 5% is also being eaten up by inflation, which is at 3 or 4 right? So you need your money to grow net of inflation. And the only thing in history that's grown faster than inflation is the stock market. So, you know, blue chip stocks are screaming by right now relative to the obvious, oh, I get 5% guaranteed in my money market fund. Right. That's a temporary yield. Yet your long-term goals are long-term, not short-term. And I think, you know, we have to think about it like the Wayne Gretzky strategy, right? You've got to skate where the puck is going to be. When you're building your financial plan, you've got to invest where the markets are going to be, you know, where the portfolio is going to be in a year from now, two years from now. And that's why getting that 5% short term is short sighted for your longer term money that you need to retire on. If you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, I get it, Bob and Ryan, I need a long term strategy. The world's not going to end. I've got to get on top of my long term goals. Well, here's your shot to do it. We keep 10 slots open for the entire show. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. There's no firm out there that will do this work up front. We're going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today, whether it's an income plan for retirement, 
What's the best way to draw from your portfolio when that paycheck stops? How do you take Social Security? What's the best way for you? How do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years. We're going to build a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extreme yo-yo for the last two years. Has your portfolio been a yo-yo too? Well, we're going to do a full analysis of your portfolio. We're going to look at where you have concentrated risk, or if you've been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, can't figure out what to do. We're going to give you that full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost, tax inefficient products like annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, structured products, insurance products. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you how to reduce the cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We literally have 10 slots for the whole show if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or you can just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost but you won't have a plan if you're not one of our next 10 callers and call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, first off, welcome back from Greece. You know, the listeners were getting worried. Thank you, right? thought you weren't going to come back. (laughs) It was a wonderful trip, beautiful country, Um, but everybody and their brother was there. I met more Americans than I did Greeks. (laughs) It's a a hot place to go this summer, so we thought you were going to stay in Mykonos for like a month, but I'm glad you came back, Bob. Um, But you know, Bob, one thing we do at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, P-A-Y-N-E, is we spend a lot of time doing financial plans for our clients, new clients, and we found that a lot of times there's red flags that you have that might indicate you need to get on top of your financial plan like yesterday. And you know, one of the biggest red flags that I always see is if you can name all the investments in your portfolio on the top of your head, you might not be that diversified. Now, if you have a very small concentrated portfolio, you know, you might be lucky, right? If you want to create wealth, concentrate, you want to preserve wealth, you got to diversify. So what's that mean? It means you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, your mom and dad taught you that. You want to spread the risk out because there is no guarantees when it comes to investing. And the only way to reduce risk in a portfolio is to diversify the living daylights out of it, Ryan. Yeah, no, exactly right. And the only way to do that is to make sure that your money's spread out. And most of us don't even know, right? Like you have all these different investments. They may have different titles, these different funds. But you look under the hood, a lot of times you own a lot of the same investments. It might be Apple, Amazon, Google. You might not know you own all these things, but it's really important to get an idea how well your money's spread out. And most of you don't know that. We can tell uh, from all the different portfolios we review each month. The other red flag that I would say is, are you meeting regularly with your financial professional at least every 12 months? Like I get a physical every year, but you need to be getting that financial physical as well. And a lot of us, we get that plug in, you set it, forget it, right? Someone gives us a recommendation, we put our money to work, and never, we never reevaluate it again. 
Good financial planning means regular checkups, and most of you don't do that as well. No, it's so true. I mean, time flies, whether you're having fun or not. And a year goes by in in the blink of an eye, but a lot happens in your lifetime, you know, over a year. You know, have you have new grandchildren. You may have retired from your job. You made a decision to retire. You may, you know, have a new plan. You may have been, your company may have been acquired. There's so many things that happen in the course of a year. And these are little things, right? If you don't max out the contributions to your retirement plans, you miss that opportunity forever. If you take your RMD wrong, your required minimum distribution at the wrong time, you miss that opportunity forever. So, you don't need a stockbroker. You don't need an investment salesperson working for you. You need a certified financial planner, someone who's looking at your financial picture and helping you every year. Because you know what, right? Because of Washington, D.C., the rules change all the time. And if you, you know, I don't, yes. I don't know about you, you don't, you know, you want to pay attention to that. You know, you want somebody to do that for you while you go out and enjoy your life. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's so critical to optimize your portfolio for taxes. We talk about it all the time. And there's those little tweaks you make that mean maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket over the rest of your life and not in the government's by just being smart about structuring things correctly. You know, the other issue that we see all the time is like, do you know how much income you need in retirement and factoring in inflation? Because we say it all the time, but if you need $100,000 a year to live on today, that's $200,000 a year in 20 years because inflation's going higher And most of us don't have a dynamic income plan. We haven't really planned it out. And it's probably the most crucial component to your retirement plan is having an income plan. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ryan. The one thing that the big risk, the big hidden insidious risk is inflation. And it's the biggest risk to everybody's financial plan, everybody's financial well-being. Um, You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like that odorless gas, you know, that we have detectors (laughs) for. You need to have that in your portfolio because if you're not growing your money net of inflation, you're losing. So that's why it's so tempting, you know, to sit in cash right now and get a 5% return. Wow, that's wonderful. That's not planning. That's not going to overcome inflation in your lifetime. You know, you really need to make sure that you're growing your money net of inflation. Yeah, you don't need a short-term income plan. You need a long-term income plan. That's the key. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, these are the issues that I have. These are red flags because I don't know how much income I'm going to need. I don't know if I'm optimizing everything for taxes. I'm not even sure how diversified I am. Well, here's your shot to find out. We still have four slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for your now famous total financial master plan. And we'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. And we're just going to hone in all these issues we're talking about today. We're going to look at income. You need that income plan for retirement. You got to figure out the best way to draw from your portfolio over the rest of your life. You got to figure out the best way to take social security for you. There's lots of ways to take it. One optimal way for you. And factor in inflation, factor in that your costs are going to double. We're going to put together a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile all over the place. Has your portfolio been up and down like a wild roller coaster ride? Or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis? You're not sure what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, tie it to your goals, but protect it so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high cost, tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, 
mutual fund, brokerage product, structured product, we do a deep dive of every investment you own. We show you where all the hidden costs are, how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You get our full tax playbook. You get our full tax playbook to make sure that you're optimizing for taxes. We have five slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team will help you to create your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you'll learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bbullish.com. That's bbullish.com. You can check out more about our firm, what we do at Payne Capital. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. W-A-B-C. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams marked both the end of the month of September and the end of the third quarter with sharp losses for both timeframes. The S&P 500 finished the month down 4.9%, while the NASDAQ composite was off 5.8%, posting their worst months so far this year. The Dow was close behind with a 3.5% decline for the month. Ugh. So Friday's market actually got off to a good start with good news on the inflation front, with the latest reading of the PCE, that's the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation metric, coming in lower than expected, only to be trumped by investors' concerns about the potential for a government shutdown weighing on the market later in the session. The best news of the day? September has really never been investor-friendly, and it actually lived up to its reputation as the toughest month of the year for investors. But September's over, and seasonality swings from a headwind to a tailwind. With the calendar flipping to October, we are moving from a seasonably weak time of the year to a stretch that has historically been among the best. The final quarter has experienced an average gain of 4.5% since 1987, with the final months of the year culminating historically in a Santa Claus rally in December. On the fundamental side of things, third quarter earnings season begins in just two weeks, and I'm happy to report that forward earnings estimates for the S&P has risen to a record high for 2023, and has also been rising for the estimates for 2024 and 2025. As legendary economist Benjamin Graham so famously said, in the short term, the market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it's a weighing machine. Now, there's only 85 shopping days left until Christmas, and with stock prices falling while earnings estimates are rising, it looks like Black Friday came early on Wall Street. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have 75 years of combined industry experience in building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you need to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call us at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. 
It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. By the way, I goofed a little bit earlier when I said that October 1st is Monday. Actually, tomorrow, as uh, some some of my listeners uh, uh, emailed me and said, uh, tomorrow is October 1st because I forgot that old saying that 30 days have September, April, May. Ago? 30 days have September, April, June, and November. So there's only 30 days in September, so that means tomorrow is October 1st. It looks right now that uh, they will have a last-minute deal to avoid a shutdown tomorrow, but how long that's going to last, I don't know. I think the fireworks have only just begun, and I think this is going to last until October. And as I said earlier on the show, I think the stakes here are very high. I think our country is in a reckless financial shape right now. You just heard from the pains about what's happening with inflation, what's happening with interest rates. The, I want to remind people that when Trump left office, the mortgage interest rate was 2.9%. And now in many markets, it's 7.5%. So that's added. You want to buy a median uh, value home in the country with a 30-year mortgage and a normal down payment, you're going to make payments that are about $150,000 more over the course of that 30 years because of these higher rates. And so, I'm sorry, that's going to cause a lot of hardship for both home uh, buyers who are going to pay more and home sellers who are going to get less for their home. Uh, I am very pleased to um, announce that I have on the line a good friend and a great patriot and one of the leading advocates for small business in this country. And that is Alfredo Ortiz. He runs the uh, group called Job Creators Network, and it's something that uh, he started uh, uh, a number of years ago with Bernie Marcus and others, and has done a fabulous job. And I wanted to talk to him about what is going on with small business in America today, uh, because Alfredo, we have a lot of listeners to this show that are small businessmen and women. So thanks for joining. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it as always. And uh, yes, small businesses are definitely hurting. So uh... Um, I'd be interested also to hear from your listeners too, uh, <laughs> what's going on with, the, with their lives. Cause I know that our members are uh, definitely calling in and saying that, uh, they just can't take it anymore. So what kind of hardship do you think small businesses are facing right now? Obviously inflation really hurts small businesses. Uh, you know, we've had this financially reckless period under Biden actually since COVID where we just keep spending and spending and borrowing. What are you hearing from your members around the country? Well, the uh, inflation continues to be the number one concern, uh, uh, Steve, uh, for, for all our small businesses. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the rising interest rates has been a major issue to combat yep. the inflation, right? This actually yep. happened. It's had, yep. had to do what it's had to do to, to do that. Um, and I don't think it's, <laughs> it's stopping. I think it's still probably another one or, or, or two other uh, rate increases, quite frankly, uh, for the rest of the year, because as you know, the, the uh, personal consumption uh, in, uh, expenditure index just came out. Um, it doesn't show signs of stopping. 
Um, it doesn't. And, no, uh, you're right. It, it, you're right. It, it might be slowing down, but the price levels are still where they are. We're somewhat 20% higher since uh, Biden took office in terms yeah. of food costs. Gasoline yep. 50% higher. Uh, mortgage rates now, like you said, uh, are, are, are through the roof, um, almost at 8%. Um, so, uh, but what's happening on the credit side for small businesses is that being mm-hmm. said, those community and uh, regional banks are pretty much closing up uh, shop uh, in terms of lending to small businesses. You know, it's interesting because you're and my uh, good friend, Bernie Marcus, and he's really one of the founders of Job Creators Network, one of our great American entrepreneurs of all time, obviously the uh, the founder, co-founder of Home Depot. I've heard him uh, say recently that, you know, with the current conditions today with regulation, with high inflation, high interest rates, he could not have started Home Depot in these conditions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, um, if you think about, you know, the, the level of optimism that exists among small businesses, it's actually one of the lowest levels. You know, we do a monthly uh, mm-hmm. uh, poll amongst our, uh, you know, amongst small businesses out there. We've been doing it for the past two years. And uh, it's called the Small Business IQ Poll. And it's at the lowest level it's ever been in terms of business optimism. And so, Wait, say that. Uh, okay, hold on. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Say that again. So it's the lowest level of optimism since you've been doing this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And That's it, scary. Um, and, well, it's very scary because, remember, two-thirds of new job growth is in the hands of the <laughs> Right. Right. So, so we, we, when we're looking for job growth, it's not going to be there because their small businesses have basically put a pause on hiring because – Lending has basically put a pause on them. You know, I've always said, uh, Alfredo, that uh, Trump was the was the blue collar president and the and the and the president for small businesses. And I think Joe Biden is the has been the president for big business. And he's really done a lot of harm to the smaller you know, companies with, you know, 50 or fewer employees. Well, look, since uh, uh, Joe Biden took office, we started basically saying that this uh, you know, he's declared a war on small business and yeah he has. Know, steve i i actually really truly believe that the entire democrat party doesn't believe truly in small businesses because they represent everything that they don't like right that if you work hard you play by the rules you can achieve anything you want this country brings you the opportunity to do that right that you know you mm-hmm. support free enterprise and capitalism i mean this is all the stuff that they don't like right they can't corral small business. Big government can't mm-hmm. corral small business mm-hmm. like they can big business, right? They can't control them. And so I actually think there's an actual agenda to get rid of our small businesses across the country. Yeah, because you've got this partnership now between big labor, big government, and big business. And you're, I think you're right. They want to smother the small entrepreneurs, the, the guys and the men and women who kind of uh, take a risk and uh, – you know, uh, set a flagpole and put out that new business. And it's tough. You know, as you know, two thirds of small businesses fail. Uh, it's the one out of three that, you know, really make our economy hum and, and prosperous. So it's just harder. It seems to me it's harder than ever to start a business right now because of these current conditions. And, you know, Fredo, how can Joe Biden be running around the country saying that Bidenomics is a success? Well, it, 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 it's unbelievable that he's doing it. And, and really quickly, uh, Steve, remember, you know, I, I wrote a book called The Real Race Revolutionaries that really mm-hmm. actually talked about how entrepreneurship is the real way to actually bridge yes. our economic and racial divide. Yes. So the yep. very thing that they're doing about trying to kill small business and entrepreneurship is mm-hmm. actually hurting the very people that they're trying to help. 
And so, you know, he's going around talking about Bidenomics. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm actually kind of excited, though. I'll tell you why I'm excited that he's doing that. I'm excited because he's actually taking ownership for probably is going to be one yes. of the biggest failures right. out there. Yeah. I don't know which one's going to be a bigger failure, New Coke or Bidenomics. <laughs> or, or Bud Light. Uh, so, you know, it's oh, interesting. There was an... There was an article in um, Politico, which is, you know, a uh, Washington, D.C. kind of inside politics magazine, and they were uh, citing all sorts of Democrats saying, what the hell is Joe Biden doing? These were Democrats saying, why is he claiming ownership of Bidenomics? Stop using that term because it's hurting them, because I think most Americans like you and me hold that term in derision because of the damage that he has done. Uh, Alfredo, you were telling me uh, earlier today that you've been really looking at what's happening with Hispanic voters and Hispanic small businessmen and women. And you were saying that they are more, and I've seen some polls like this that show that Hispanics are becoming more and more turned off by the anti-business, anti-prosperity agenda of the Democrats. Uh, And are you finding that? A hundred percent. If you remember, um, I was actually on uh, uh, a few years back with the Trump for Latinos, actually, and we saw the polls really moving uh, uh, for, from uh, for Hispanics away from the Democrat Party over to the Republican Party because the Republican Party really, I think, embraces the values that Hispanics actually believe in, right? Especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and opportunity, um, it, you know. And but 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 the Democrats are just really, really no longer kind of the party that really represents those values to them. And so, um, you know, we're in the middle of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, and I think that's mm-hmm. the real big story is that the Hispanics not only are walking away from the Democrat Party, they're running away from the Democrat Party. And then we, you know, we don't have to get into it right now, but all the social value issues as well. Yes. Uh, they just don't believe in this, right? I mean, they just don't believe yeah. it fundamentally. And so it just doesn't really represent anything, quite frankly, that they actually represent. And by the way, Everybody's like, oh, immigration, immigration. They, they should really care about immigration. Here's the thing. The nuances on immigration, Steve, I really want to make uh, clear here. They care about the criminality that is coming from the por- uh, porous border, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. that criminality, the gun trafficking, the human trafficking, drug trafficking, all that, that is landing in their communities, right, across the yes, country. Yeah. And that yep. is why they, they say we need to close up that border because that criminality is coming through. It's not really an immigrant issue. It's really the criminality issue that is well. Most, yeah, uh, I think that yeah, I think that's right. And but also, you know, it's um, I see. You know, we all see the footage of these um, folks all over South America, from Mexico down to Argentina, really trying right. to cross that southern border. And you see these folks, and you know, they're the vast majority of them are not criminals. They want they're coming here because they believe America is a place where you can have opportunity and you can get a job. And um, you know, in many ways, they're you know crossing the Rio Grande. They're almost putting their life in danger. And I just think this policy that Biden has put in place on the border is inhumane. I mean, it's not fair to anybody. Uh, you know, for these people to risk their life, come in. And then, you know, when, when we find them that they have to be deported and, you know, we had a much more orderly process under Trump. It wasn't completely, we're getting there, you know, with building the wall. And I believe Alfredo, and I'd love your thoughts on this, that why, if we could go back to getting a secure border, but you and I, I think everybody listening to the show would like to see, then yes, let's, we need these uh, immigrant talent, the people want to work hard and, do so many, and you know, Hispanics are, everybody knows they're the most incredible workers. So I just feel it's unfair to everybody. 
Yeah, and I think overall that is what people believe, especially those folks that actually follow the rules to come here. Yep. Uh, the immigrant population is including the Hispanics, right, that, that did actually follow a process. I mean, my parents were immigrants. They followed a process, right, to get here, um, ultimately becoming American citizens, right? And so I think there is uh, – but, but you know what, Steve? This is just another piece that represents the lawlessness uh, 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 ways of this administration. I mean, mm-hmm. on every single front. I mean, you, as you know, we took uh, we took uh, this administration to, all the way up to the Supreme Court on the student loan stuff, and right, yep. and, and 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 we were actually vindicated. The Supreme Court yep. decision came back uh, in our favor. But look, look at exactly what he, he basically has circumvented the entire yep. Supreme Court decision, and is now coming up with a four hundred thirty billion dollars scheme. To do yeah. exactly what the Supreme Court says he couldn't do. You can't do. Yeah, they're disobeying uh, the Justice Department. They're disobeying the uh, the Supreme Court uh, because with these people, uh, I think that it's uh, it, they believe that they're sanctimonious and that they're on some kind of mission. And uh, it's it's a frightening time. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, Alfredo, in the two minutes that you have left, and I'm talking to Alfredo Ortiz, who's the wonderful um, president of the Job Creators Network. And if you're not part of that, you should go to, what's the website again? It's jobcreatorsnetwork.com. Just go to jobcreatorsnetwork.com and and sign up and, and uh, they do amazing work. And you're going to have an incredible conference uh, coming up in about a month, right, Alfredo? And I yes. know this is really a tribute to the guy we were just talking about, Bernie Marcus, one of America's greatest entrepreneurs. Uh, who has created hundreds of thousands of jobs. And, uh, you know, for those of us with 401k plans has made a lot of money for all of us and, and obviously great services uh, that you get from Home Depot. Uh, he is what, 90, how old is Bernie now? 94. 94. Yeah, and yep. so yep. you're doing a great tribute to him in Florida, right? And uh, is That's that right. something that is uh, open? I mean, how do people, if they want to come, I know there's a charge to, attend, but it's going to be an amazing event. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the, the, the good news, bad news is we actually are now officially sold out. <laughs> you are sold out. <laughs> Way to be. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, uh, we're excited about that. There's going to be great conversation there. Um, this is actually our inaugural one. So next year we're working on the uh, date, obviously, because of the elections, you know, a little bit yeah. more difficult uh, on the timing, but we're looking at uh, having them uh, be an annual event. So we're excited about that. Um, and we're going to have great conversations about what we need to do as a country. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I was just finishing, uh, or not even finishing, but I was just watching on C-SPAN, Hakeem Jeffries, who's the minority leader, you know, mm-hmm. just going on and on and on because we're talking about right now the uh, 45-day government funding disaster aid relief bill, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, to, to, to fund the government uh, for the next 45 days. And, and it's just, you know, I have to tell you, Steve, we got to do something about this. I mean, we have been saying all along, by the way, that we need a constitutional uh, balanced budget amendment. We just have to do it. Yep. Yep. Well, Alfredo, you are uh, a national asset for sure. Thank you for all you do for small business. And I'm looking forward to being there uh, next month to uh, participate in that great conference. That's Alfredo Ortiz. He is the president of the um, Great Job Creators Network. And folks, I had promised that I would take your calls at the end of the show, and I'm going to keep that promise. So the question really is, what do you think about the idea of a government shutdown? It looks like they may have a temporary reprieve, but um, I'm of the opinion that um, this is a pretty serious uh, 
problem we have in this country. And I'd like your thoughts about it. That number again. Uh, and I want to hear from people with different opinions. So if you're a Democrat or liberal, I'd love to hear what you think about this. Can we stay on this path to $60 trillion of debt? The uh, number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. And Mr. Producer, happy to take our first caller if we have one. We've got Edward from Tampa. Edward, thanks for, for calling. What do you got for us? Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm listening to the debate, the pregame in uh, in Univision in Spanish, and you're right on. Latinos are going to care more about the economy, the gasoline, yep. and the uh, inflation. Yep. And yep. we need to put our foot down on this budget because I'm looking at a Daily Mail thing where they had the U.S. 69 percent, Germany 20 percent on Ukraine funding. Surprise, surprise. You know, isn't that amazing? But a great call. And, you know, I'm of mixed minds about the Ukraine funding. Obviously, we're all for the Ukraine freedom fighters and we want um, Putin out of Ukraine. Everyone does. But, um, you know, we've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this. And there's a real question of whether that money is actually getting to the Ukraine freedom fighters, whether it's actually, you know, there's so much corruption in foreign aid. Uh, And also, You know, why is it that we always have to foot the bill for these things? You know, Europe, this gentleman mentioned Germany and these uh, European countries, and they're putting up pennies on the dollar that we're putting up. And I don't understand it. You know, Russia is in their backyard, not in our backyard. So why is it that they aren't poning up the money? And I guarantee you, if Trump gets back in the White House and, you know, right now, by the way, according to the betting markets, he is the most likely person to be the next president. He's at 38 percent likelihood. Uh, Biden's down to 33 percent. And third in that poll, I believe, is Gavin Newsom. But my point is we have to take care of our affairs at home. And the most important thing we have to do is get our economy growing again and getting this debt down. And I'm sorry, these days of America being the uncle, you know, rich Uncle Sam passing out money to every country in the world doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Okay, uh, great call. Who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? We've got Judy. Judy, thanks for calling. Uh, Yes, sir. I think that um, since the uh, uh, Congress is having a difficult uh, difficulty why not have a website for we the people to weigh in on a list of the appropriations that they want to, <laughs> uh, and yeah. then embarrass them into deciding with a hand hand vote or or, or a uh, you know whatever it is that that really counts, uh, yeah. so that we see what they're spending. Well, Judy, that's a great idea. I love that idea. I've only got a, a, a couple of minutes left. Do you have anything in particular that you think we should be cutting out of this budget? Yes, I think the what? a lot of green bad deal uh, uh, items, including things like wild ways and, and that connect uh, all cities with uh, uh, green areas, yeah. and then Crazy. Uh, uh, rewilding these carnivores. There is yep. a rewilding institute, and the Smithsonian is raising uh, a Brazilian uh, uh, man wolves. We don't need Judy, that redistribution. 
All right, Judy, great call. Thank you very much. This is uh, the More Money Show, 1-800-848-9222. I think we might have time to squeeze in one more call if we have one, Mr. Producer. Yeah, we've got Michael. Michael. Yes. You're on, sir. Mike Keen. Yes, thank you. Uh, very very uh, happy to be on the show. Uh, thank you. Watch you and listen to you all the time. I think it's the first time I'm actually uh, for years trying to get on to Rush's show. Never did, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't have uh, quite the audience that Rush did, but I'm uh, pleased. He was a friend, by the way, and yeah. I love that man. And he was an inspiration to all of us in the radio business. But th- what do you got for okay, us? Because you, you speak for America. Uh, the one thing that's never mentioned is all these uh, illegal aliens coming in yep. that no one's mentioning the fact that it's going to change the voter base because well you know this is a good offering- this is yeah i am very you know i'm sorry i have to cut you off because we've got a break in a minute but i am concerned about this because they the democrats want to uh basically uh allow anybody to vote you know in in pennsylvania right now they're basically saying anybody can show up if you get a uh, you get a government welfare benefit or a driver's license you don't have to show that you're a uh, legal citizen and they're letting people vote. I, I, let's have honest elections, folks. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, what you are. We have to have honest elections in this country we have to have integrity in our electoral process or that's cheating. It's taking away your right to vote, which is one of our most cherished rights in America. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. We're on every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. And folks, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend.